Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. With the final of American troops out of Afghanistan, President Joe Biden addressed the nation today, the fifth time in about two weeks, uh, to conclude. What he said was America's 20-year war. What do those words mean? What does it look like for the future of the country and for our allies around the world? Let's break it down and let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So I want to address a couple of things uh, relating to the president's speech that just concluded about 10 minutes ago. It was uh, an interesting speech. Again, he's this is the fifth time, the fifth time he has addressed the nation uh, since things began to collapse in Afghanistan. And uh, many that I've been texting with uh, here and in Washington, uh, my sources all are a little scratching their head. They said it was sort of a, uh, a jamba juice of his four previous speeches. They kind of just cut and pasted them together. There were a lot of very familiar themes and lines. That's okay in a speech. Uh, But I also want to get some of the international reaction and how people are perceiving what the president did, what he said, and how he said it. It was interesting. Uh, From uh, CNN, uh, their correspondent who had been in Afghanistan up until close to the end, uh, was disappointed in the tone that the president took in his remarks, and she felt that there would be a little bit of a blowback, uh, that there was not more uh, contrition. It was kind of a uh, an angry, defiant Joe Biden today as president. Uh, also, that there was no mention and no thanking. There was no gratitude expressed to the people of Afghanistan or to those who stood shoulder to shoulder with the United States of America in Afghanistan. There was no noting of uh, the Afghan forces uh, that perished over the last 20 years. uh, And that number uh, was 66,000. 66,000 Afghan troops uh, gave their lives in this struggle over the last two decades. Of course, uh, almost 2,500 American soldiers' lives were lost in that process as well, in addition to other allies from around the world. Uh, It was interesting that the president... Uh, focused on a U.N. resolution relating to the Taliban, uh, which I thought was an interesting thing. That uh, One, I don't know that the Taliban even acknowledges that the U.N. has any kind of authority or power uh, to 
do anything if they don't allow people to leave the country. So it was interesting that the president of the United States relied on a U.N. resolution uh, as a source of power in the midst of the conversation. Um, the president uh, also uh, spent a significant amount of time uh, in the kind of the pointing finger and placing blame game of all of this, uh, connecting it back to President Trump. And uh, listen, listen to this. He talked about President Trump making a deal with the Taliban that only left him a few choices. And I was not extending a forever exit. The decision to end the military lift operations at Kabul airport was based on the unanimous recommendation of my civilian and military advisors, the secretary of state, the secretary of defense, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and all the service chiefs and the commanders in the field. So that was President Joe Biden uh, talking about those. And and to me, it was just really interesting. Um, again, I just think it's just this false choice of saying that his hands were tied by President Trump and uh, which we've seen President Biden has been uh, all too willing to uh, to reverse or overturn or by executive order uh, declare null and void most of the things that President Trump did. And so why why he has to stick with this one as it related to the Taliban uh, was interesting. Also interesting that he noted that he was tied by that commitment to the Taliban. Uh, and that's a unique thing, uh, which I think is a false choice. Uh, clearly, there were other options. Uh Clearly, he was not tied to any agreement with the Taliban. He was clearly not tied to anything with President Trump. Uh, And so I think we have to be very careful uh, about uh, kind of the false choice of of so many things that come out uh, of this. And and to me, that's interesting. The other false choice, I thought, or the false comparison was with Yemen, uh, that if 9-11 had uh, been launched from Yemen, would we ever even talk about Afghanistan? And that's, that's a little bit of a... Uh, a challenge in terms of uh, a sweeping generality. Uh, I didn't think that was a very effective portion of the president's speech today. Uh, The one thing that gave me greatest pause, uh, the one thing that I think the president really missed on was his talking about 90% of Americans got out. Uh, The rule is the rule is the rule. When you're talking about lives, you do not talk about them as percentages. Those are individuals, and you cannot you cannot declare them to be a percentage. Uh, that's how really bad things happen when we just start throwing those kinds of numbers around as opposed to the specifics and individual lives uh, that actually matter. Uh, finally, the president uh, did talk about uh, his obligation as president, uh, his duty uh, to end this. Here's what he said. The fundamental obligation of a president, in my opinion is to defend and protect America. Not against threats of 2001, but against the threats of 2021 and tomorrow. That is the guiding principle behind my decisions about Afghanistan. I simply do not believe that the safety and security of America is enhanced by continuing to deploy thousands of American troops and spending billions of dollars a year in Afghanistan. 
Well, it'll be very fascinating to see where the president goes uh, and where things go. What happens in Afghanistan, what the response is from our allies around the world. Uh, the president spoke to the nation. Uh, and again, I think a, a few false choices presented for sure uh, in terms of what could have been done or how things could have been done. Uh, and again, this was really a combination of his previous four speeches uh, delivered over the last two weeks. And that's going to require us to dig in and find that out a little bit more. And then, of course, making sure we learn the lessons, the president said. And that is important. Everyone can agree we have to learn the lessons and we have to learn how to move forward protect our national security, and move forward with our allies around the world. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.